Hi everyone, my name is Dr. Rita Roy, CEO at the National Spine Health Foundation, and I'm your host for the Get Back To It podcast, where we tell real stories of healing and recovery. What does it mean to get back to it? It means overcoming injury through treatments that work in order to return to the people and activities you love, whatever that looks like for you. It means getting back to your life. We're here to share the success stories of those who did just that. And some of these stories you are not going to believe. At the Get Back To It podcast, our goal is to tell stories of spinal champions, people who've been able to achieve a better quality of life through spinal health care. In today's episode, I'm delighted to be speaking with Nancy Finch, a scoliosis adult deformity patient who had successful scoliosis correction surgery in 2020. Nancy was a tall, active woman in her youth and wasn't diagnosed with adult scoliosis until her early 80s. She faced pushback from medical practices who didn't want to operate on her due to her age until she found the surgeon who she says changed her life. Now that you know what to expect, let's get back to it and dive right into Nancy's story. Nancy is an 83-year-old former reporter, lobbyist, and public relations professional from Richmond, Virginia. She spent many years in pain from adult deformity, also known as scoliosis, and she was treated with physical therapy, opioids, and radiofrequency ablation. None of these options were able to fully treat her pain, and her life was greatly affected. It was very frustrating because I knew something was wrong with my back. I had pain. I had more and more difficulty standing, walking, and I had been to a variety of doctors and was given many different medications. Finally, in 2018, at a hospital here, I was given an x-ray and scoliosis was mentioned for the first time. I was so glad to have a name of what was wrong with me, but what to do about it, that became the problem. Nancy was determined to get out of pain. It was inhibiting her ability to do the things that were essential to her daily life, standing up, walking, sleeping, dressing, everything. I had been uh, the food editor of the Richmond Times Dispatch for nine years, and increasingly it was so hard for me to stand and cook. My children got a stool for me, noting how much trouble I was having with standing in the kitchen, and that helped a whole lot. The other thing I finally connected myself that was wrong was I became increasingly uncomfortable with eating any quantity of food. Thanksgiving dinner was a killer, but a doctor had put me on omeprazole twice a day, and that was the only way I could manage. Sadly, amidst her physical pain, in August of 2019, Nancy's husband passed away. She recalls the challenge of finding something she could wear to his service. Her spinal deformity made it so that skirts wouldn't fall properly and the waistband was crooked. That became such a problem at such an unfortunate time. I was having to have slacks shortened on one leg 
because my bending over with my deformed body meant that that didn't work. I could no longer wear skirts, and finding anything to wear was just an impossible problem. And at this time, we were under a big deadline. What turned out to be a tremendous blessing for me was a longtime friend, also a tall woman, who was having very similar back pain, and hers was much worse. She had found a doctor, and that was the beginning of hope for me. Nancy's friend Jane finally found a surgeon who was willing to operate on her and herself had had wonderful results. She was thrilled to see how different her life became. Well, that surgeon ended up moving to a different practice before Nancy could see him. Seeing Jane's success, but sadly, having learned that her doctor had gone to another state, I was in the process of trying to plan to go to the other state myself. But she found a woman from her church who had seen a doctor here in Virginia that she had had surgery in. I called and found out his name and made an appointment with him. And what a relief that was to not have to go to some other state and continue the search, hoping someone could see me. After seeing numerous surgeons, Nancy finally found the right doctor who would offer her the necessary corrective surgery she needed. Nancy scheduled her deformity correction surgery for September 1st, 2020. Her surgeon was able to straighten her spine and eliminate her pain. My life was changed. There was no longer and still is no longer any pain and I could return to doing all the things that I was missing and had been missing for an increasing number of years. What has bothered me was why I was so long finding help. Why is anyone having such a search for help? Why can't we learn along the way from people who know that there is help out there? But that wasn't my case until a connection of friends. Nancy is living her life to the fullest, eager to encourage others who are worried about their age as a factor in surgery. She has even referred several friends with back problems to her surgeon as a vote of confidence in what he was able to achieve with her. Since I experienced such success, I'm passionate about eliminating the idea that age is a hindrance to surgery. So many people say to me, well, I'm too old. Well, according to the physician I saw and others, surgery is possible. It's important. You have to have dense bones. You have to be in good health. But it is possible, and more and more people should be saved like I was. Nancy, you have such a powerful story of healing and recovery. Uh, You did not give up because of your age, and you fought for your best life, and that is so awesome. You talked about having your, your friends with their back problems, being able to encourage them. Can you share a little bit more about some of the stigmas you and your peers have faced and how you together, you're, you're overcoming that 
the stigma of age being a hindrance to surgical correction? I think partly. My daughter is a geriatric nurse practitioner. She always says, get two opinions. I think that is part of what we don't do. Because if I had just waited and lived with the fact that nothing was working, there would have been, well, my life essentially would have been over. In fact, when I asked my doctor that ended up doing the surgery, I said, well, am I too old? And he said, no, I operate on 80-year-olds all the time. And then he said, I think you better go home and think about this. And I said, are you taking patients now? Are you signing them up? And he said, yes. I said, can I get on the list? And he said, well, sure. <laughs> so I signed up that very minute. I didn't need six months to think about it because I knew I did not want to keep living like I was. If it meant that something dreadful was going to happen, they tell you it's serious surgery when you do it. Yeah, but I think, you know, that's that's a key point that you're making there, Nancy, is that, you know, it felt that your life had ended. I mean, you were just in so much pain and and not really living your life. You were just sort of being alive, but not really living. And, you know, that's one of the one of the advantages of modern spinal treatments is that we say it gives you back your life so that you can enjoy it and do the things that you love doing. And in talking with you, Nancy, I know that there's still some things that aren't perfect, right? You have a little bit of a gait when you walk, but you are able to do pretty much everything you want to do at the age of 83. And that's just a miracle. Well, I'd like to dance. <laughs> well, and I think I could if I had a partner, but <laughs> the gait is no bother to me because the fact that I can walk, I can live independently. My children don't have to worry about me. I can drive. It had gotten to where if I drove my car, I had to sit on two big pillows because my body was had shrunk so I couldn't see out. Unbelievable. Our dining room table, I had bought a 12-inch block of foam. I had to sit on the foam to be able to sit at the table. And that, and that must have been such a change because you were, for your whole life, a tall person, right? And so your body had changed. These, the change for me with the scoliosis was rather sudden. I was having back pain, but the scoliosis had misshapen my body tremendously, and I had gone from 5 feet 10 to 5 feet 4. What? Oh, my. And you can imagine... What that does, as far as seeing out the car windshield, yeah, having your dinner or buying clothes, it was a shocking change. And I am now back, not quite 5'10 again. But as one of my children said, Mom, you're tall again. This has been a thrill. That is just bravo. I, I can see why you're so just so thrilled in wanting to share your story. Um, you know, one of the very important points that you've made with us today, Nancy, is that you've got to get more than one opinion. And at the foundation, we do tell people that a lot. That's a big message we want to send out there. It is worth the time 
to get another opinion. It is your life and only you can seek answers, right? And so, you know, even if you find a doctor who you love and you think is going to be the right doctor for you, it is helpful to get another opinion. And many of our experts that are on our board here at the foundation will say, get multiple opinions. Any good surgeon is going to admire and encourage you to talk to more than one doctor so that you can be assured that you are making the right decision for yourself. I have so many friends who had one examination and one decision and let it go at that and accepted the fact that they are going to be either bound to a chair, bound to a wheelchair, but bound to a very boring, unhappy life. And why people don't think, and I think because of what you say, that's just not something we've grown up with. The doctor, my daughter calls them the God doctors. The God doctors make a pronouncement or a doctor, and we go on and live with it. And I certainly learned that that's a big mistake. It took a lot of searching, and it took my friend Jane's experience. But I learned that there is a solution out there, or there can be. And that's why I think what you all are doing is so important. When I went to your website and watched your panel discussing innovation and new medicine, new methods, I learned a lot. And right now, I'm trying to help a friend with disc problems simply because of what I learned on your website. That's wonderful. That's exactly our our hope and dream is that people will come onto our, our platforms, learn from the information that we have out there, and help themselves, help their friends, help their family members, uh, and help help others. That's wonderful. I you know, I want to go back to something you said, Nancy, is that we know that every patient is different. And what might be right for you may not be best for someone else. So I think that's a really important distinction as we're talking about your case and talking with others about what might be the right thing for them. You know, you said that your surgeon said that, yes, Nancy, you do qualify for surgery. Your bone health is good. You're an otherwise healthy person. So that even though your numeric age was 83, you had other physiologic health factors in place to enable you to successfully tolerate an important surgery like the spine surgery you had. Dr. Roy, I'm, I'm glad you went back to that point because I was so enthusiastic after my surgery and the success that I became a disciple and I, I kept sending everybody who said they had anything wrong with their back off to see my surgeon. And um, was so sorry. Two people I sent could not be helped by my doctor, as you just mentioned. They had other situations. One had had uh, surgery before, and because of what had been done in two surgeries, my doctor, despite the fact that I think he can do anything, had to tell my friends that he couldn't help them. So people have to be prepared for not having the happy story that I had. That's right. That's that's so important. 
And, you know, a couple of other thoughts around that is that we really hope that people can get the information they need early enough so that they don't delay treatment, which may put them in a situation where they then can't have the treatment. Um, so, you know, being able to get a diagnosis earlier, being able to understand the treatment options at, you know, at an earlier point in the journey is, is best. I mean, it, it, it will, is more likely to give you a better outcome. But, but those are tough, those are tough uh, moments for people. And the National Spine Health Foundation wants to be here for people so that they don't feel that they have to walk these journeys alone and that we can be a resource for people to turn to for help. You know, another thing I wanted to say about being capable for surgery, whether age is a limitation or other, what we call comorbidities or other health factors that might impact whether or not you can have surgery. One of the things that makes surgery more possible for people is that modern spinal health care is, is using minimally invasive surgery. And the National Spine Health Foundation is researching the outcomes of this robotic-assisted surgery, which decreases the amount of time a patient has to be in the operating room, so less anesthesia, smaller incisions, which means easier and faster recovery, and being able to do the same operation but with less disruption to their body. And that's one of the one of the things that we're very excited about is working with national experts who are making robotic and minimally invasive surgery more possible. And and those are just very exciting discoveries that are happening that we are we are honored and and privileged to be a part of that discovery process here in the foundation. I think the message that you all are delivering, as you and I had talked about before, must get out to practicing physicians. Practicing physicians need to know that there are new answers out there and that one doctor that I did learn could do the surgery, but he did it over three days, half of it one day, then you took a day off, and then you went back and did the rest of the surgery on the third day. Well, of course, I didn't want to do that. And that's when I went on my continued search and found the doctor who did it. It was a long sur surgery. It was six hours. But it was easy surgery. I was done when it was over, and I was fixed. That's awesome. And again, the journey to educate yourself to obtain knowledge, to ask the right questions, to find a doctor that gives you a solution that you want, that bravo. I mean, Nancy, that, that you are just absolutely an inspiration and a model that other people should follow uh, in getting, getting answers. One last thing, Nancy. So Nancy, talk to us a little bit about the part of your journey where you were treating your pain with medication. Well, since I kept complaining to my doctor, and I was seeing a primary care physician, no one had mentioned going off to look for a source of what the pain was. 
So I tried a number, and she kept prescribing a number of medications and more therapy. It was always, well, you need more therapy. So I kept going back for that and did assorted things that doctors told me to do, change the foot foam on my bed. And none. it got to the point, though, where the pain was no longer covered by any of the medications I had been prescribed. I knew that my friend Jane was having success with tramadol, and I finally asked the doctor if I could, if she could prescribe tramadol because nothing else had helped. And she was very reluctant to do that. And I still don't understand if there was a, a problem with that particular drug. She seemed to think that there was. And so finally she did prescribe it. And for Sometime I received relief, as said my friend Jane, with tramadol. But finally, that wasn't doing it. And that was when she sent me for nerve ablation, and that didn't help. It was just this constant search. And it, it was obvious at that point, medication was not the answer. And it's true. I didn't want to uh, move on to dangerous drugs that might help pain. Uh, I've been very active in the um, anti-drug association here in, in Richmond, and uh, I knew I didn't want to go that direction. You, you are a lucky person to have had that knowledge, to know that there's a limit to what the medications are going to be able to do for pain and that there would be secondary consequences of taking too much pain medicine and just kind of hitting the end of the road of where non-operative treatment could take you and how lucky for you, Nancy, that you were healthy enough to be able to have surgery, to, to end your suffering. That is a good point you're making, Dr. Roy, because weight, I understand, can be a deterrent in this kind of surgery. And I think that's something people with back problems might want to think of and try to keep their weight down in the event that they could be a candidate for surgery. That's right. We talk about proper body weight, muscle, you know, muscle tone, core strength, bone health, proper nutrition, smoking cessation, healthy eating habits, hydration. You know, there are a lot of wellness aspects of your health that directly impact your spine health. So if those things can be optimized, you're more likely to have a better outcome with your spine treatment. Someone with back pain would be smart to do, have a checklist, you know, what about my weight? Am I eating correctly? Although it was a curse, to end up with the problem of my compressed stomach and the difficulty of eating any quantity of food. And that resulted in a weight loss. <laughs> yeah. Silver lining there, I guess, right? <laughs> a painful way to get to someone. Painful, painful way to get there. But what a, what a blessing to be in a position to be corrected. You You were fortunate to be near a major medical center with a top-notch surgeon who had the latest treatment techniques at his fingertips, and you were a candidate for him. And 
what what a happy story. Nancy, it was such a delight to meet you and to hear your story. You're clearly an advocate for people. And I'm so happy that you got your quality of life back. And we wish you all the best. And we'll see you on the dance floor. Oh, that's where I'm going. Thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it because I want other people to enjoy what I'm enjoying now. At the National Spine Health Foundation, something we believe in most is providing hope for recovery through sharing stories of success and expertise. It isn't always easy to find someone to relate to, even though 100 million adults suffer from neck or low back pain each year. To hear more stories of spinal champion recovery and success, access educational materials about spine health, visit us at spinehealth.org. If you're interested in supporting our show financially, you can contribute at the link provided. Thank you for listening.